Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to Philemon. As you remember, Philemon was a dear brother of the Apostle Paul who owned a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran from his owner, and eventually found Paul in Rome, who was imprisoned at the time. Paul led Onesimus to Christ, who then began serving Christ by serving Paul. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he continues Paul's letter with today's slice of this week's message entitled, How to Help Spiritual Family. Um, He could have just sent the letter with Onesimus, could have just sent Onesimus alone. He could have put this whole thing into the book of Colossians and made it chapter 5 of Colossians and had it read in church for Philemon and Onesimus to have the spotlight shining on. He, He didn't do that. He did it the right way, the loving way, the kindest way, the the gentlest way that he could. He was rigorously committed to doing the right thing and doing it in a way that brings people together. He understood Romans 12, 18. Matter of fact, I think he wrote it down one day. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. The guy that wrote that is living it in the book of Philemon. And he's putting into practice other things that he knew were true. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 He could have said, hey, Onesimus, Philemon's your master. You get back there now, Philemon. When you get back, you make sure you discipline him appropriately when he gets there. But no, he understood that he also wrote Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The relationship of brother and sister in Christ transcends every other human distinction. And in Colossians chapter 4, verse 1, that was probably read in church the Sunday nearest when this letter Philemon arrived, the masters there are reminded, masters grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master who is in heaven. Same thing as Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9 that we just studied. The conclusion the scriptures lead us to is that God cares equally for all men and women of all levels of social status. As James put it, there is no partiality with him. Matter of fact, Paul wrote that too. But rather than requiring uh, that he confront this whole societal issue of, uh, of slavery, he didn't do that. He did not require the immediate emancipation of all slaves. He didn't say, okay, now Onesimus got saved. Let all your slaves go and just, just you know, release every, uh, every connection you have to them. He didn't say that. Whatever is true, though, is that wherever Christianity has become a strong influence in a culture, slavery has always tended to, dis- to decrease 
and disappear. One of my favorite Bible commentators, William Hendrickson, wrote it this way about this passage. He says, all this does not mean that either Jesus or Paul advocated social revolution, immediate emancipation of every slave. Such a sudden upheaval of the entire Roman economy would have resulted in indescribable misery for many a slave who depended on his master for a living and would have been placed in an insurm- would have placed an insurmountable obstacle in the way of the propagation of the Christian faith. We're not here to fix what we think is wrong with society. We're here to proclaim the message that fixes what we know is wrong with people, that they are alienated from their creator and they need to be reconciled. Hendrickson said further, this love is the response to God's love for his child. Whether that child be black or white, bond or free, makes no difference. It is this love of God which melts cruelty into kindness and in so doing changes despots into kind employers, slaves into willing servants, and all who accept it into brothers in Christ. The kingship or rule of God works from within outward, not from without inward. The truth of the gospel will do far more to solve social questions than any number of bayonets. We said it in the last, uh, in the last year or two. We've been, uh, our, our society has been awash in this so-called social justice movement, redefining the definition of justice from what God says, turning it into it has to be equal outcomes for everyone. No, no. That's never been God's way. That's never been, that's never happened that everybody has had equal outcomes, equal treatment, equal opportunity, equal consideration, no partiality. That's, um, that's justice, and the gospel brings that. And that's why Jesus could say so boldly, people will know that, my, that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. John 13. Read on Philemon 18. But if he, Onesimus, if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. That's an interesting thing to say. Now, Paul knew that anyone traveling from Rome to Colossae would need some money. He also knew that a slave probably didn't have a savings account set aside for such a trip. I'm sure that Onesimus, when he fled Colossae and went to Rome, was not thinking, I'll get a a round-trip ticket. Um, And Paul knew that any man who, before he was saved, would sneak away from his master was not the epitome of morality, and he probably stole from him. Paul wrote later what we know as Titus 2, 9, and 10, urge bond slaves to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering. Remember, slaves were mostly regarded as members of a household. There'd be a lot of opportunities to pilfer things, and anybody without the moral compass of knowing the Lord would probably give in to that. So it's likely Onesimus 
confessed to his spiritual father, Paul, that he stole from his master before he left him. But here's a little interesting sidebar to think about. Where's Paul when he wrote this? He's in jail, all right? Had, how could he say, I'll pay for it? Put it on my tab. Had he come into an inheritance in recent years that he could um, make a generous offer like that? Over in Acts chapter 24, verse 26, it mentions that, that, that Felix detained Paul hoping that Paul would give him money as a bribe for his freedom. Well, you don't ask the guy that just came in from the, from the, the gutter somewhere for a bribe. There was something about Paul that made Felix think that Paul had some means. Well, we know that he used his tent-making skills and, as a way to support his, his whole team, but uh, in Acts 28.30, it says that while he was still under house arrest in Rome, Paul stayed in his own rented quarters. And notice when Paul wrote to the Philippians, he says, I know how to get by on next to nothing and to have a lot. So don't assume that Paul was, um, was a pauper here. We don't know how it happened We'll never know for sure how he was able to make uh, the offer, but he did. In verse 19, I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will repay it, lest I should mention to you that you owe me even your own self as well. He couldn't resist. Uh, But that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. As I loved you and introduced you to Christ, I have come to love Onesimus. Receive him as you would me, and I'll take care of it. I wrote this. He says, I'm writing this with my own hand. It's like he's saying, regard this as my promissory note with my signature attached. Um, and, And by the way, he may have written this book in his own hand. Most of the time he used an amanuensis. We would call him a stenographer or or someone that takes dictation. Um, But he would often at the end of a book write a greeting in his own hand. It was a way to authenticate it and to make sure that they knew this this was really his words. Verse 20, yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord refresh my heart in Christ. Paul considered that whatever good thing Philemon might do for Onesimus was as if he had done it for Paul himself. I think Paul was fully satisfied just if he heard back that Philemon had been welcomed as a brother, that they were now part of the the church of Jesus Christ together. That would have refreshed his heart There's nothing in ministry of any kind as refreshing and uplifting as to see forgiveness and restoration and generosity and kindness all because somebody belongs to Christ. So verse 21, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you since I know that you will do even more than what I say. Here's a clear example of how to help a brother or sister in Christ. Expect them to do the best. Root for them. 
rather than doubting them. Pray for them rather than criticizing them. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.